Um, today, we're going to begin next seven weeks a new teaching series called Acts, or Actions Speak Louder uh, Than Words. And uh, in a wee while, you are going to receive a, a card here, or it's like a booklet even. I don't know what you'd call this. It has it opens up and it's got some more details there. You're going to get that in a wee while, so at ease, lads. And, um, and it's really, over the next number of weeks, we want to journey together and do some stuff. I, I hope that last term you, you found our series, Building from the Bottom Up, to be beneficial, to be helpful. Uh, I actually quite enjoy teaching it. I hope that some of you at least enjoyed listening to some of the things. But it was good to uh, kind of redefine who we are, what we do, and why we do what we do, because it's really important that we know that. It's really important that we know where the bus is heading. And it's really important to know that if you're on board, this is the direction in which we're going. And I, I kind of found towards the end, we spent a number of weeks, we spent about four weeks talking about ministry. Ministry meaning doing the stuff. Meaning being the hands and feet of Jesus. Meaning actually doing what it says on the tin in the Bible. Actually going, going and, and, and praying for the sick. Helping those who are in need. Feeding the poor. Actually doing some stuff rather than just sitting in a nice school hall talking about it. And I found over those weeks that for some of us, for many of us, they were the weeks it's just like, yes, yes, that's what it's about. We have not booked our seat. If we are Christian today and we're sitting here uh, together this morning, we've not just booked our seat to eternity and we're in the waiting room waiting for the flight to depart. We have a job to do in the here and the now, and that's to partner with him, the Holy Spirit, here and now, to bring life, uh, to see his kingdom come here and now. And it was during those weeks, I was just like, man, these guys are really hungry. They're really up for that. We were so excited that during the number of weeks that we were journeying that stuff, that Ian and Jules uh, obeyed the voice of the Lord, and that was to set up a, a thing called Revive, which has been going on Friday nights, uh, simply praying and simply going out to the streets and just seeing who they might encounter and see what the, what the Lord might be doing on the streets. And we're just delighted with that. We're going to continue to push that. We're going to encourage you to, to join those guys or have a go at that. But as well as that, what we thought we would do this term is do some stuff. And um, it's in this booklet, which you're going to want to see soon. But before we get there, I want to do just a little bit of teaching, giving a little bit of context towards why we do this stuff. And then I'm going to explain what acts means and what actions speak louder than words actually means. So as we uh, delve into this new uh, term, these next seven weeks, as we begin to journey Acts and, and actually going and doing some stuff, I thought I'd begin with a quote by Elvis, um, that well-known prophet. Um, a little less conversation, a little more action. So uh, here we go. We're in uh, Romans, uh, we're chapter 12, we've two verses. going to attempt to do something I don't think I've ever done before, and that's... Um, Read from one translation and teach a little, and then read from another translation of the same verses and teach a little bit more. How does that sound? Whoa, we're up for that. Has anyone got one of those Bibles? Uh, Chantelle has one. She's got like a, an NIV and a message in the same book. I mean, how do they do it? Oh, you've got the phone, okay, with about 20 versions on it. Anyone else got one of those? 
I'm just talking nonsense. Here we go. Romans 12, 1 and 2. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. This passage is a turning point in the letter that Paul writes to the people of Rome. For the preceding 11 chapters is the most rich and incredible text. It's foundational truth to those of us who are Christians. It gives us our most basic and our most detailed and comprehensive Christian doctrine, which we hold dear today. You will read over those preceding chapters um, things about uh, God's grace, about Jesus' perfect sacrifice, Uh, It talks about the law, it talks about sin, it talks about faith in Christ, and then life in the power of the Spirit. It is incredibly rich, and I would encourage you in your Bible reading this week is to delve into those chapters and begin to pour yourselves over those. Uh, But this point here at chapter 12 is the turning point. It's where he shifts, and it begins with the word, therefore, therefore. All of those things that we have in Jesus. Therefore, there's now a response. And it comes as a, this is our position of who we are in Jesus. We are saved by grace. We are washed. Our sin is washed clean by the blood of the Lamb. We are no longer bound to the law and the commandments in which generations of my people had to follow. We have a new life because of Jesus' perfect sacrifice. Our sins are forgiven. We are set free. And now we have the presence and power of the Holy Spirit, which before then, most people didn't have. But because the Holy Spirit living in us, therefore, therefore, the shift begins Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. Our salvation is nothing to do with what we can achieve by good works, but it is about what Jesus has achieved for us through his death. And we only give and we only act and we only respond in view of God's mercy. So we're encouraging you to sign up as we do. We're encouraging you to get on board. We are going to present to you soon an invitation to respond. And you can do that. You can respond in a, like, no no, not doing that. You can respond by, I, I, I can't do that. No, I just couldn't do that. Or I'll do that because Paul's telling me to do that, which is a wrong motivation again. I, I, I'll do that. I'll turn up to that. 
because I feel I ought to do that. Or we can respond by saying, I'm going to do that in view of God's mercy because of what he's done for me, because of what he's said to me, because of his Holy Spirit living in me. I am compelled to go and act and give away what God has given me. The language that Paul uses in reference to Jewish practice of temple sacrifice says this, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Paul may have had in mind um, the burnt offering, which was a free will offering. It was given freely uh, of the best kind of animal, pure and unmarked, and it was burnt as a sign of dedication to God. This was a burnt offering, and it was different to the sin offering, which was representing a full atonement for even unknown sins. The differentiation that Paul is using here is that the sin offering was already done through Jesus, through his sacrifice for us. The burnt offering is our free will. It's up to us. It's up to us how we respond um, or not. And our choice is whether we will give our very best in our living. And Paul urges us to commit daily to giving of ourselves to him, but for other people as well. And the word for worship that Paul uses here refers to ceremonial temple worship. Turning on its head that it's, that it's not just about a place and a time, but it's all of the time. We use the term worship. When we use the term worship in church, what, what, what do we refer to? What are we talking about? We're talking about these guys up front leading us in worship as we sing. And sung corporate worship is one of the things that we cherish the most. Over the last number of weeks, you will have heard us talk about it being a priority. For me as a young believer, singing those songs to Jesus, something of God's spirit just captured my heart and began to change me from the inside out. And I know that that has been true for many of you also. It is a significant part of who we are as a, as a body. But if we limit worship in terms of singing the songs and we call that that's our worship then that's cheap and that short changes uh, everything that we were made for and meant for worship isn't just about singing songs together it's about how we choose to live our life all the other days of the week and if we're singing songs on Sunday but we're neglecting our neighbor the other six days of the week, then there's something wrong. Amos brilliantly captured this in the Old Testament saying, uh, or what, the, what God was saying to him, the prophet, even though you bring me burnt offerings and grain offerings, I will not accept them. Though you bring choice fellowship offerings, I will have no regard for them. Away with the noise of your songs, I will not listen to the music of your harps. But let justice roll on like a river, righteousness like a never failing stream. Our words and actions must 
go hand in hand. If we're singing the songs on Sunday, we need to be going and loving our neighbor as ourselves on the Monday. I remember my pastor many years ago, Mike, used to say that worship and evangelism are inseparable. He used to say that worship and justice were inseparable. You can't have one without the other. One leads to the other. As we worship with our voices and with our hearts, he causes us to go and, and um, bless and heal a broken-hearted nation and, and world around us. The worship song that says, as we follow you heart, we are led to the lost. And that's just part of the deal. God is concerned with the details of our daily lives. Our hope and prayer is that over the next few weeks that he somehow just gets a hold of you again and, and reveals his true nature to you as you pursue him, as you uh, pursue your time with him. He begins to reveal himself to you. And often he does that through the renewing of our minds. The mind is the instrument for good and for evil. Our mind usually uh, what follows our thinking is our speaking. What usually follows our thinking is or are our actions. And what we think about usually leads to what we then end up acting on. As we meditate and we think about God, as we begin to dwell richly on his word, as we spend time listening or singing along to worship songs, as we go for a walk, either on our own or with a loved one, and we begin to just pour out our hearts to him, we allow the Holy Spirit to renew our minds, renew our minds, give us the, your, your kingdom comes perspective, not my worldly perspective. We're so immersed in our culture. We're so immersed by what we read on Facebook. We're so immersed by how we spend our times, what we listen to, the conversations, that it just so shapes who we are. And unless we take our focus and our attention and put it onto the Father, and onto Jesus, through the person of the Holy Spirit, we will not become the person that God intended us for. So let's have a go at the same words from the message translation. This is amazing. Like, this is the word of the Lord. Some people would disagree with what I've just said, by the way. But let's not get too hung up. Um, these, these are some of the most incredible words rewritten in our modern day language. Based on the same biblical truth. And they really speak for themselves. Uh, although I'm going to highlight a couple of things from them. It's a little bit like, I could get in trouble for saying this. It's a little bit like, Chantel's not here. It's not, I'm not concerned about her telling me off, by the way. It's a little bit like rereading this and putting it into color. And I'm not saying that we've just read the NIV and it's black and white. Do not quote me. This is not heresy. But it's just a little bit like for our minds and our imaginations and our culture and our modern day life, that's what I mean. It's the same uh, biblical truth in our modern everyday language. That's kind of what I mean. hope I've explained that, done away with any potential heresy. Here we go. So here's what I want you to do. God helping you. Take your everyday, 
ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you, develops well-formed maturity in you. Isn't that brilliant? Isn't that just some of the most brilliant wording for how we are meant to live the time that we have this side of eternity? So replaces the word therefore. So here's what I want you to do. God helping you. And that's the key. It's not about, again, we're coming to it. God helping you. This is what I want you to do. It's taking your everyday, ordinary life, all the stuff that we do, and give it before the Lord as an offering. Sometimes I think we can get trapped into this way of thinking. We think that it's only for the super spiritual, those with special gifts, those who are really talented, and those that seem to really love God a lot. It's only for them, the super Christian. And you have to go and do something that's extraordinary and incredible. That's not what it's about. It's about the ordinary. I am looking at you right now, and you are really ordinary. There is nothing super about you lot. You're so ordinary. I mean, look at you. God takes the ordinary, and we place ourselves in his hand, God helping us. And through the ordinary, the mundane, the everyday life, God is able to do something extraordinary. We don't have to do the super stuff that's out there. God will take care of that. Do what you can. Do you know it by now? Do you know that? Do what you can where you are with what you've got. We'll go again. Do what you can where you are with what you've got. That's it. Thanks, Nathan. The best thing we can do for God is worship. And we do this by embracing what God has done for us. Paul encourages us not to become adjusted to our culture that we just fit in without even thinking about it. Uh, we're back a week and an hour or two from Ethiopia. And, uh, you know, you go there, culturally speaking, it's night and day. It's so different to where we are. They do things, they speak, they act, they react in ways that are just so different to ourselves. But as you immerse yourself in a culture, what happens is you become 
like that culture. I mean, for goodness sake, who would have ever thought of an Englishman saying we and ok and all that sort of stuff? When I first said that, it was like a swear word came out of my mouth. I was like, who actually said that? It just came out of my mouth. Isn't that what happens? As you immerse yourself in a culture, you become like it. And God is calling us to live on what is a fine line. It's a paradox. We're called to live in the culture, right? But not become the culture. We're called to live in the culture to transform the culture. And I think sometimes we're so desperate, aren't we, to kind of just blend in and fit in so that people that aren't Christians look at us and just don't think we're the weird Christian, right? Oh, don't want them to think we're like a Bible basher. Or we don't want them to start treating us differently. Funny story. Uh, Matt, who works with us, and I, we, we run, many of you know that, and we run in the local uh, running club called Sea Park, which is fantastic. And one of the guys who I've been running with for a number of weeks, we chat, and he chats, and his language is really colorful. And uh, I just think it's funny, to be honest. And because uh, he's just being himself, totally being himself around me. Got no idea. Thinks I'm a teacher still. And uh, that's that. So, as a number of weeks later, this same guy is running with Matt. And he's like, So, Matt, you, you, you and Paul, you work together, don't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What is it you do? And Matt begins to explain and says that I'm a minister, at which point he is mortified <laughs> and starts recalling all the things that he said. And I kind of think that's funny, and you do too, because we don't want people to be any different around us, right? We want them to feel like they're themselves. But equally, we can't be so immersed in that culture that we begin to act the same. We need to be the salt and light in that culture. They need to see the hope of glory, the light of Jesus in us. Because it's that that transforms the culture around us. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Speaks for itself. Remember becoming a Christian. No one ever told me, Paul, you shouldn't do this and you shouldn't do that. You should be doing this. And it wasn't like that. And I hope that for you, those of you who journey life with us, it's not about rules, it's not about regulations, it's not about all those things, but it's about becoming closer to Jesus. And when we pursue intimacy with him, he changes us from the inside out. And we begin to uh, reflect the fruits of the Spirit much more as he lives in us. Readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. As he changes us, we become more like him. We listen to his voice and we respond in obedience. Unlike the culture around you, dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you, develops well-formed maturity in you. The culture around us is constantly dragging us down. And what it does is it turns our gaze inwards we begin to look at ourselves and our whole world becomes revolved around ourselves, what we want and what's best for us. 
And when we choose to fix our eyes on Jesus, he begins to turn our gaze away from ourselves and onto other people. And our gaze becomes outwardly focused. These verses are deeply simple, deeply profound, and I'd encourage you to go away, meditate on them some more. So, before we worship, and we're going to spend some more time in worship, um, can we give these out? That would be tremendous. We're going to go do some stuff over the next few weeks, and um, is the thing going to come up? Have we got the inside? Ah, there we go. That's what you're going to see. That's the center pages of this. What we thought that we would do over the next seven weeks is uh, run a weekly serve project. I haven't come up with a better name for that. Um, but they are going to happen at different times of the day and different days of the week. There's something for everyone. And what we are doing as a church, corporately, is we will be organizing something. And we are inviting you to join us for all seven of them. Or six, or five, four, three, two, one. And we're encouraging you to see if you can get involved. So on the left-hand side there, you'll see a little calendar. This is beautifully designed for the fridge. If you have fridge magnets, this is going on the fridge today. If you have a cork board that sits on the back of the door underneath the stairs, which is what we have, and you have a pin, this is for the cork board and the pin. There's the calendar. And then on the right-hand side, there is a brief description. It has uh, the title of the talk, which is today, Sunday the 23rd. And then it has underneath it what the thing is that we're going to be doing each week. So this week, we are simply going prayer walking. And we will be gathering in venue 29 on Thursday night at 7.30. And that will be our serve time together. Next Sunday is we'll be talking about giving away our best to others within the church. And then the serve project will be a business break giveaway. And that is to bless the employees of the local businesses of Carrick with a coffee break. Thursday morning, 9 o'clock in our main venue. The next week, you can see that we're going to go to the park run in Carrick Fergus. And we're going to do what we did on Christmas Eve. And that simply serve refreshments and buns and things for the runners and the spectators after the park run. Week four, we're going to go to the market, the weekly market. I'm sure you all go to it. And um, we're going to give away refreshments at it. Week five is the unsung heroes and business giveaway. We're going to go to uh, different uh, the, the care homes, the emergency services, local businesses, and just give them a, a wee treat, box of chocolates and a card. Week six is a drinks and lolly giveaway at the Pirate Park. Is simply after school on the Wednesday there is going to give away uh, some things and just be nice. And then on the last one, it will be a schools and other break time giveaway where we'll go to all the schools in Carrick, Fergus, surrounding area, and some of the other um, services within the local community. And again, just give out a box of chocolates and a wee card. 
simple projects, real easy. You don't have to have been to Bible college to sign up to one of these. You don't even need to be a Christian to be on one of these. They are at different times of the day and different days of the week. I appreciate if you're a nine to five, Monday to Friday person, there's uh, maybe three or four of those you definitely can't make, but there will be others that you can make. What we're inviting you to do is to take this away and look at it and then look at your schedule, look at your calendar and then put into your calendar. If you're like us, we use the calendar on our phones and then put in there the dates and the times of the ones that you can commit to and commit to going to those. If you can just do one, that's okay and that's enough. If you want to do all seven, that's fantastic. You don't get any bonus points in heaven, but it's fantastic for you while you're here on earth. There will be a sign-up, as there is with most things. And uh, is that being emailed to everyone today? And it's just a simple sign-up so that we know who is coming. It will be really wick if on a Thursday morning we're about to go to about 20 different places and there's me and Matt. So we kind of need to know if you're coming. And that would be really, really helpful so you can do that. Any questions? don't usually do this in church. It's usually one person talking, everyone listening. But we're in a school, so any hands? Is there anything on this? Is this good? It's all right, isn't it? I think it could be quite exciting. And I think we could get some really good stories from, from what God does. It's about us being the hands and feet. It's about having a go. And it's about being nice to people and blessing people in our community. Because that's what we're about. Because that's what God's about. God's love for a broken, hurting world. St. Augustine said this. He said, go and preach the gospel. And if necessary, use words. And that's where we get the phrase, actions speak louder than words and often it's our actions in the everyday life that speak louder than our words do actually so join us please take that away please take that seriously pray over it do whatever you want with it but uh please maybe just put a wee star beside the ones that you can come and you can see obviously on the calendar as well that we've highlighted revive which will be on friday nights as well uh do join the guys there